Welcome to Tatiana is Everyone, an Orphan Black podcast. I'm your host, Chris. And I'm Stephanie. And if you're new, this is a topics-based podcast that discusses the characters, themes, production, etc. of Orphan Black. And because of this structure, this is not a spoiler-free podcast. We discuss the show in its entirety, which at the time of this recording is the first season. So if you haven't seen all of the first season yet, beware, there are spoilers ahead. In this episode, we're talking about everybody's favorite foster brother to clones, Felix. And in the last episode, we were talking about Sarah Manning and how she's an anti-hero of sorts. And to similar ends, Felix is kind of also an anti-hero. Exactly, because while I think he's more perhaps immediately likable than Sarah is, we see very quickly in the first episode that, like Sarah, he affiliates with drug dealers. His primary occupation is as a prostitute, which, you know, like Sarah, not exactly legal. And then while he doesn't get as into the con but uh, uh, that Sarah does in regards to conning the cops and conning Paul in order to steal Beth's money, he does condone her actions and he helps out by, by giving a false statement to the morgue by identifying uh, Beth's body as Sarah. Well, and that is sort of an interesting thing, too, that, um, you know, as we discussed before, Felix basically does whatever Sarah asks him to, which, of course, Sarah being less than on the up and up, so to speak, um, Felix, in falling into line with Sarah, arguably could have been sort of led down that path, shall we say. I don't know. That's just a a, a thought. Definitely. I, I would like to get a better sense of how he ended up in the occupation he currently currently has because okay yes he was in foster care but it seems like he and mrs s have a fairly good relationship he probably wasn't thrown out on the street when he was a young boy and meant to left to fend for himself but i don't know maybe maybe he did we don't really know as much about the backstory between felix and mrs s's relationship though i would say that it's better than sarah and mrs s's wouldn't you oh yes uh and well there, there was that exchange when uh, I believe it was Kira said that Felix wasn't wasn't bad like like her mommy was, and I think Mrs. S responds something like, "Oh, he was just bad in different ways." Right, right, <laughs> but with a very affectionate kind of tone to her voice, I think. Right, right. So, so yeah, so I don't think he he and Mrs. S had the type of contentious relationship that Sarah and Mrs. S did and still do at the beginning of the series. But somehow he still ended up as a rent boy. So I'm kind of curious how he ended up there. And he doesn't seem particularly unhappy in that profession either. He seems to kind of have some fun with it. So I don't know. I'm kind of, but I, but Indeed I, he does. yeah. So I, I would like to know how he sort of ended up in that profession. And if he, I don't know, if he has intentions of leaving it anytime soon. <laughs> One one wonders too, because I mean we've seen him painting and everything, so it could be you know starving artist kind of a gotta pay the rent, right? I don't know. Of course, you know why that and not something else, but a waiter, you know. <laughs> the, the hours may be better. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, given given that he is Sarah's brother, it is a good possibility that she might have introduced him to sort of some shadier sides of 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 dealings and it may be cuz he doesn't seem to be a drug dealer himself but he he knows drug dealers and he does seem to be a drug consumer 
but it could just be that through Sarah, he sort of had some, got some contacts, and that's how he kind of ended up where he is now. Entirely possible. And of course, also sort of interesting to me is here, Felix, you know, as we've talked about, has some sort of anti-heroic qualities here, but really, in the context of the show, Felix is the stable one, essentially. Uh, he, we've really seen him be the, I, I guess, you know, Sarah's rock to some to some extent, that he's really the one person in the series, to me, that is really sort of beyond suspicion as a monitor. Actually, Sarah says that to him, that when, when he asks about who would be monitoring her, she... She just immediately dismisses the possibility that that he would be her monitor. And I really hope they don't do that. I do not want that to be a great plot twist. The writers are planning. I want Felix to not be a monitor. (laughs) I I honestly don't know how they could write it that way that it would make any sense. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they could either. But just in case, I'm putting it out there. It is not a great plot twist. We do not want to see that. (laughs) That would be a completely illogical plot twist. And I think we've all, as genre fans, I'm sure, have seen too many of those illogical plot twists. But in regards to Felix being the stable one, I think it's interesting to look at Felix's loft as really the safe space, really sort of the the heart of the show. It seems like most of the show takes place either at the cop shop or Felix's loft. That seems to be sort of the two main spaces. Obviously... When Sarah's in the police office, the police station, she's pretending to be somebody. That's not really a safe environment. That's not where she can be herself. Felix's loft is really where Sarah feels safe and she can be who she is and have somebody to talk to. And what's sort of interesting is throughout the season, we kind of see that become true of all the clones, or at least the other two main, quote unquote, good clones, uh, Allison and Kasima. Uh, Allison shows up a couple times seeking safety or sanctuary with Felix uh, after her falling out with Donnie, for example. Right, and when she beat up Ainsley, or tried to beat up Ainsley in the middle of the street. I I believe she says that she kind of did kick her ass, so yes. She kind of did kick her ass, but not quite. (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah, because I think it's really interesting to think of Felix's loft in contrast to Allison's house, which is sort of the most traditional home space we see on the show. Because you have Allison and Donnie and their kids, and it's lovely and it's decorated, but Allison's house doesn't feel like a safe space. There's always neighbors, nosy neighbors coming through and butting in, and Donnie is there, who very quickly becomes sort of a person of questionable motives. So I think Allison's house doesn't really feel feel safe the way that Felix's loft does. Right, and of course there are there are her children there that she's trying to shelter from all this crazy stuff going on. So, yeah, there's a lot of secrecy at Allison's house, I think. And then of course we have the craft room of terror where no one is safe. Of course. Unless you're <laughs> Allison, you're you're pretty safe if you're Allison. It's what, true. With the, uh, <laughs> the scrapbooking scissors, but but we'll get to that for for Allison's episode. So you have Allison's house, again, Not I, I feel like that one isn't particularly safe space. And then, sir, I think the second closest thing you have to sort of a traditional home environment is Mrs. S's house. But that's not really a safe space either, because, you know, at first we have Mrs. S being very suspicious of 
of Sarah. And then, you know, Helena kidnaps Kira from, from Mrs. S's house. And then at the end of the season, we see something has happened there. So even though Mrs. S is very protective of Kira and then eventually becomes very protective of Felix and Sarah, I know, and, and is very kind to Allison, we see in the house where Alice makes a comment that Mrs. S is being much lovelier about the whole clone thing than her mother would be. Mrs. S's house still doesn't quite feel like home the way that Felix's loft does. I I think there is a space of about one or two episodes where Mrs. S's house does feel like a safe space. But then of course, you know, that all gets blown to hell by the end of the season, but right. Right. Yes. With, with Kira leaving with Helena and then, what happens at the end of the season. And plus we have the suggestions at the end of the season that Mrs. S is not quite who she says she is. So you have that on top of these other things, making that space, at least to the viewers, not, not feeling quite safe. And of course it's interesting too, because as you mentioned, those two homes are both sort of more traditional homes. I mean, they're in Allison's case in the suburbs and all very homey feeling, but here Felix's loft has graffiti everywhere, inside and out. With a lot of penises. <laughs> and that. And, and <laughs> you know, exposed walls and all that sort of thing. And, and he know. has a horrible lock. A useless lock. <laughs> and a filthy toilet, apparently, if the, the look on Allison's face was any anything to go by. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that is really the the safe space. Becomes clone headquarters in some sense. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, by the end of the season, everybody is gathered there to to regroup to figure out what to do. Right. Because at the beginning of the season, it was Allison's space. But by the end of the season, it's it's become Felix's space. That is sort of clone club headquarters. Yep. And speaking also of Felix as, you know, the stable one, what's sort of interesting to me also... Uncle Felix has probably had more of a role in Kira's life for the past 10 months than Sarah has. I mean, Sarah's been gone. So we, and again, based on what we've heard her say, it sounds like she really hasn't even been in contact. Um, I guess there were the, the letters that Kira had sent her and all, but certainly no direct contact. But but Felix seems to have been around. Uh, at least I get that sense that, I mean, we see him be really good and comfortable with Kira and Kira being very comfortable with him. And so it seems like Uncle Felix has been visiting at least. Again, being more reliable than Sarah is really, at least as introduced. And Felix, like like we mentioned before, Felix is always doing what Sarah asks him to do pretty much without question. So he's the one sort of scooping up messes and tidying up here and there and being the backup plan all throughout the first season. And of course, Felix has his wonderful quote, is every man in your life a complete wanker except for me? To which we all respond, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, 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 <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. So I think speaking of Felix cleaning up messes, I think one of the first messes we see him kind of deal with for for Sarah's sake is we see him, I guess first he he babysits Allison's kids so that Allison can teach Sarah how to shoot. And then we see him prepping Allison to pretend to be Sarah when Sarah's not able to go see her daughter because Helena's on her tail. And so in the process of sort of cleaning up message, I think Felix really forges this very 
sweet, kind of unexpected relationship with Allison. And it is one of those relationships that, on first glance, it's just funny. But the more you think about it, the more perfect it seems. Yeah. And I think it's an unlikely, partially because, like, when we first see Allison kind of interacting with, with Felix, well, the first thing she does is she points a gun in his face. But then once she realizes, okay, I shouldn't shoot him, and and Sarah sends him over to babysit, Allison is none too comfortable seeming with, with Felix being there. At the very least, I don't know if there's maybe a little bit of, of homophobia there with Felix being so very, very gay, but definitely the sense of Sarah's a street rat, you're her brother, obviously you're a street rat brother, and and not being terribly comfortable with Felix so I don't know. What, what do you think Allison's initial discomfort was? Because we do get a sense that in Allison's world, Felix stands out for, because of his sexuality quite a bit. Well, here's, here's another thought. When Sarah asks Felix to come with her when she goes to meet with Clone Club for the first time, Felix is deeply uncomfortable in suburbia just because it's suburbia. Right. And he's all, you know, I'm, I'm breaking out. You know, do you see this? This is a zit that's forming because I'm in the suburbs. And so I'm kind of wondering if Allison's reaction is essentially the opposite of that. You know what I mean? Like, he's from downtown and he hates the suburbs. She's from the suburbs and maybe hates downtown. Oh, I think, I, like I said, I think part, a lot of it is... She thinks Sarah's kind of a, a thug, and so, therefore, her brother must obviously be a thug, too. But there is a definite sense that the suburbs are a none-too-friendly place for, 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 for gay people. You have, I think it's in episode six, where Felix comes and he's all trying to dress all preppy, and he makes a comment about, okay, time to party with the party. Sort of insinuating maybe, well, this is me as an American watching, I guess, but I kind of took that to be a, a, a GOP reference. So maybe insinuating that, uh, that the people in the suburbs are a little conservative. And then you also have in the intervention where I think Allison in, introduce, tries to introduce him as an acting coach, but she sa- but he says gay, and the preacher says, oh, that's fine. And, and Felix says, which one? You know, <laughs> not quite sure what you mean there. But your 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 impression, I guess, I'm gathering is that it isn't necessarily homophobia in regards to Allison. Not necessarily. Again, it could be. I don't know. But you know, I, I, I just think perhaps more than that specifically, it's just a, a matter of he's entirely too different from us. Right. Cause she also has that reaction towards Vic. Right. Being urban. He's yes, he's urban. <laughs> What do you mean by that? Not white. Yeah. <laughs> but still, the urban is code for maybe some racism as well, so. Right. But again, it's it's one of those... Allison very much lives in this particular specified space. You know what I mean? Like, like this is where Allison is comfortable. <laughs> and way over here, far, far outside of that, is where Felix is. Right. So, uh, I, I don't know. Could be one, could be the other, could be a combination of the two. I did like the very, very, very obvious My Fair Lady slash Pygmalion references they made when when Felix was prepping Allison to pretend to be Sarah. And I think that's really appropriate for that relationship, because here you have this 
kind of, you know, clash of working class versus sort of middle or upper class. And uh, I thought it was a actually a pretty good description of what was going on in regards to the dynamics between Allison and, and Felix. Mm-hmm. So when the clones start showing up, Felix doesn't really trust them. But, you know, it's really not that long before Felix sort of starts treating them like just more sisters. I don't know. I, I just, I guess there's that scene with um, Cosima where they're talking to Cosima on, on the laptop. And Felix starts talking about how, how they're so crazy. And, you know, my crazy sister looks, looks sane by comparison or whatever it is. And sort of at the same time, uh, sort of putting them down, but also kind of in a way that is sort of brotherly is my reading anyway. Thoughts? I don't know. He still seems a little not sure about Kasima because he makes a, a comment. I forget which episode it's in, but when it's when they're researching the knife. So I think it's in episode three where Kasima's sort of doing her nerding out in the background and Felix is like, what is she on about? And Sarah kind of sticks up for her and says, oh, be quiet. She's just weird. Right. So he's, I think he, for most of the season, isn't quite sure what to make of Cosima, but definitely at the end of the season where, she, where Cosima comes and then Delphine follows her, he's, he's pretty protective of Cosima when Delphine shows up at his loft. You know, give, he gives her the, a pretty good stink eye <laughs> when he opens that door. <laughs> I do love that scene. I think we yes. all love that scene, but yes, Delphine is here. She's got baggage. <laughs> when does the opening of it where he opens the door and sort of gives her the wants over? Well, now I get it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> also, I think that was episode four because Sarah doesn't. Is it episode? Sarah four? doesn't get the the knife until episode three, the end of episode three. Anyway, <laughs> so nerdy. I thought she got the knife when she stabbed. Helena with the rebar. Which happened at the end of episode three. You sure it's not the end of episode two? Yes. Okay. Sorry. End of episode two is when she meets Allison and Kazima. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. I got my I got my timeline off. Okay. So I knew when it happened. I just misplaced which the ending uh, anyway. <laughs> it happens. It's fine. So but yeah, so I think definitely Felix doesn't have quite the same relationship with Cosima that he does with Allison, but he does grow to be protective of Cosima. And I love the way he and Allison are relating to each other by the end of the season, where Allison tries to kind of move in with him for a time, and he's basically giving her a pep talk to go down and tell people off when they try to do an intervention with her. So I, I really love the the relationship that forms between him and Allison by the end of, of the first season. And you love the line, fetch me something gay. Well, who doesn't love the line, fetch me something gay? That's a great line. If anybody doesn't love it, I have not heard from them. Yes. But yeah, there there was, and I'm sure anybody who's actually listening to this has also heard this, but there's the interview with, with Jordan Gavaris and uh, Tatiana Maslany where they were talking about how they were on set one day as Allison and Felix, and... I don't know that they were filming yet necessarily, but they were sort of standing on set in character and sort of looked at each other and realized that they were standing in exactly the same way, which I think sort of also to some extent informed the the relationship there that like, oh, 
wait a second, these characters don't seem anything alike, but they are so similar. (laughs) So you posited in the Sarah episode that perhaps Sarah's better able to cope with the clone idea because of her relationship with Felix. And we might have further evidence that that might be the case in considering how Felix was fairly readily able to adopt his his attitude toward the other clones like like you said he incorporates them into sort of his his extended family and treats them kind of like sisters pretty quickly all things considered mhm but i think that could also be like like i mentioned in the sarah episode due to the fact that they're both foster children so they they aren't biologically related to each other sarah and felix that is but you know feel a very close kinship so this idea of what family really means is a little more flexible for them. So, um, but yeah, I think definitely there's some good evidence that Sarah and Felix's relationship, having siblings already, might have enabled them to more easily incorporate these, these new kind of weirdo siblings that they've discovered into their, into their fold, if you will. And of course, in Felix's case, you know, his new sisters basically all have the same face as his existing sister. So maybe it's actually easier for Felix too, because again, it's, the same face that he's been looking at for 20 years <laughs> and associating with with sibling you know i don't know never mind <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about felix as a queer character because and by queer i'll i'll just specify i do not mean that in a derogatory way I, that's that's a term that i use to be inclusive to mean gay bisexual so i don't have to say specifically which is which but so felix is a queer character mean that in a positive way. When we first meet him, I think, personally, I was thinking, oh, he's kind of the gay best friend. In this case, he's the gay best brother. But, you know, he's the gay best friend who makes little snarky comments that are really funny. But I feel like Felix really defies a lot of the common portrayals of these gay best friend type of characters. And it it really is the case where when he's first introduced, he kind of feels like he's going to be the comic relief and it's not that he's not. I mean, he he and Allison especially are in that role of of comic relief type characters. But what's so great is that they get all this development outside of that. Absolutely, and because Felix has beyond sort of his his relationship with Sarah, which is obviously very important, he has other significant relationships. We talked about he forms with with Allison and then again with Mrs. S and other significant interactions like his his especially in the beginning episodes, he has a pretty important storyline with Vic. And he has these outside of just his relationship with Sarah. He's just not he's not just there to be sort of Sarah's I'm going to, you know, be here to with a bon mo and a, and a cocktail type of character, which often is the case with some gay best friend type characters. And another thing that's really different and really different about Felix's character is that we actually see him with a love interest. Right, right. We see him in sort of sexual situations with, with Johns that he's had through his work. And also he has a little love interest in Colin, who I think is adorable. We all think Colin's adorable. Let's be honest. <laughs> I, I hope Colin comes back. I, I have to say, I hope we see Colin in season two. But again, I think this is a huge way in which Felix really defies the gay best friend stereotype because often those are very desexualized. They're there, like I, like I mentioned, explicitly for handing the female character 
a cocktail and saying something witty. That's all they're there for. They're never going to have a love interest because, ew, we only like to see gay people when they're being entertaining, but we are really not comfortable with what they're doing in bed. But this show says, oh, heck with this, you know? We see Sarah getting it on. We can see Felix getting some, too. Or at least, you know, we don't actually see quite the explicit sex scene as we do with with Sarah and Paul. But we do see Felix kind of naked. We see his bum a couple of times, as Jordan Gavaris would say. And Teddy's. And we see him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, you know, and we see him have a, a cute little romance with Colin kissing uh, at the entrance of his loft as Colin leaves and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so another thing we see from Felix a lot is is that he has all these sort of theatrical affectations, you know, the the makeup and the posture. A- again, you know, it could be part of some sort of stereotype, but because the show has made him such a well-rounded character, it really to me anyway never feels that way. And and of course, uh Jordan Gavaris has sort of addressed this issue too. Uh there's the the nerd HQ interview uh, that he did with Tatiana Maslany and and Dylan Bruce, where somebody asked him about that and and he gave this fantastic response and again I'm sure if you're listening to this you've probably probably seen the interview but but if you haven't essentially essentially what he says is that it it feels like it's gotten to the point where in order to portray a gay character on television, you have to make them look as straight as possible. They have to be very, quote unquote, normal. And he feels like that's really respons- really irresponsible and erases people who are like Car- like Felix, gay men who are like Felix, just because that was sort of the predominant stereotype for a really long time doesn't mean that there aren't gay men like Felix out there. And sort of as we've been saying, Felix is more than just a collection of stereotypes. He he is a well-rounded character. And so I think the show has succeeded in creating quite a good queer character in Felix. I agree. Again, it's all about the well-roundedness of not just Felix, but really most of the characters have, mm-hmm. have a, a more fleshed-out feel to them that, that they're more than just what they seem. Exactly. And we got some excellent feedback from last week's episode from Dan. Thank you, Dan. He says, as for Sarah's running nature, after watching the first season probably 10 plus times now, over the last several viewings, I think it is at least obvious to me that you can see the exact moment when she stops running. Near the end of episode three, when she's standing behind the tree in Mrs. S's front yard, spying on her and Kira, after everything she's experienced since returning to town, including the terrifying near-deadly first encounter with Helena, when she looks away and thought for a moment before shrugging and returning to go back to the car, more amazing subtle expression work from Tatiana. In my humble opinion, you can tell it has all hit her hard, and she's realized she can't live that way anymore. She, of course, asks the semi-rhetorical questions with Felix immediately thereafter, and says similar to Allison when returning the money, even though she doesn't explicitly say, I don't do run, until episode 7. So thank you for that feedback, Dan, and we'd love to hear your feedback about the content of this episode, previous episodes, or what topics you'd like for us to cover in the future. You can email us at feedback at tatianaiseveryone.com, or you can call and leave a message on our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223. You can also follow us on Twitter at TIE Podcast. And I think that wraps up the third episode of Tatiana is Everyone. Thank you for listening, and we hope to see you next week. Bye.